Good day and welcome to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry. And we continue season seven where we are looking at women in film. And for today's episode, we are looking at one of my favourite films of all time, possibly in my top ten, and that is the Coen Brothers 1996 crime drama Fargo. Starring William H. Macy, Frances McDormand, Steve Buscemi and Peter Storman. Marge Gunnison is a fictitious name that, in my opinion, is up there with the likes of John McClane, Sherlock Holmes, and Travis Bickle, the main character of this quirky yet bleak story of a crime that takes place in Fargo, Minnesota. In actual fact, though, the main hunk of this movie takes place in Brainerd, but the Coen brothers thought that Fargo sounded better for the title of the movie. I feel bad for the economy of Brainerd, or rather the booming economy of Fargo after the release of this movie, caused simply by the sounding of the town's name. Whether it's called Brainerd or Fargo, this is finally a movie that has ultimately put Minnesota on the map. Much like Stephen King has done for Maine, or M. Night Shyamalan has done for Pennsylvania, or more specifically Philadelphia, but I'm pretty sure the Rocky films did that on their own. Much of the actors in the film for preparation had used a book called How to Talk Minnesotan to perfect the dialect in the movie. So Fargo introduces a pregnant police officer who wakes up a very cold, early, winterly day to take the call that there has been a crime in her jurisdiction. She wakes up slow, composed, and most importantly relaxed with her sweet, relatable husband by her side in the warm, cosy bed. He immediately wakes up with her regardless of the fact that it's arguably earlier than early and simply spits out if it was a trivial reoccurrence of dialogue, would you like some eggs? And right there is why Fargo differs from any other crime film ever made. In fact, every scene with them two in the movie is of them either in bed or of them eating. We are opened up with a handful of crimes that will eventually be explained on their relevance and their connections later on in the movie. But the movie opens up in the classic mystery narrative with the crime, like they're doing most narrative mystery genres, like in The Da Vinci Code, like in Sherlock Holmes Story, or like in Scooby-Doo, they happen right at the beginning of the movie. In these opening scenes featuring the crime, we are already semi-familiar with the personalities of the two henchmen, both polar opposites of each other. One who mutters less than 19 lines of dialogue in the entire movie, with a hard, introvert exterior, and the other with this extremely likeable yet cautious exterior played by P- uh, Steve Buscemi, and the other played by Peter Storman, who, by contrast, has over 150 lines of dialogue throughout the whole movie. Both would actually later team up again for Michael Bay's Armageddon, but I must say it was rather refreshing watching Peter Storman play a role that wasn't the Russian stereotype like he did in Armageddon or Bad Boys or Minority Report, and a stereotype for him playing a Russian guy is quite something since he is Swedish. We then introduce Lester Nygaard, a character played by William H. Macy, who has come up with this elaborate scheme for his wife to be kidnapped in exchange for money, and thus we start to put the dots together. And this guy, Lester, is absolutely mesmerising to watch, and that's mainly due to the performance by William H. Macy. He actually fought for the role, convincing the Coen brothers that there is literally no one in the world better suited for this role, and you'd have to agree with him. He even threatened to kill their dogs if they didn't cast him, of course. He was joking, I'm sure. 
Despite the opening scenes piquing a certain interest in the genre, the thing that really does make this movie work, as I mentioned, is when we are introduced to a pregnant Marge Gunnison, played by Frances McDormand, in bed with her husband. Nothing glamorous, nothing over the top. The perfection is in its simplicity, and it is there that Fargo finds its centre and its core strength for the rest of the movie. The surname Gunderson is actually a little trademark for the Coen brothers, much like the Big Kahuna Burger is for Tarantino movies. This is part of three consecutive movies and where the Coen brothers have done a movie that involves a character called Gunderson, and the name is likely a reference to Buzz Gunderson, played by Cohen Allen in Rebel Without a Cause. So in the Hudsucker Proxy done in 1994, there is a lift operator called Clarence Gunnison. Then in the Coen Brothers' arguably biggest movie of their career called The Big Lebowski, the trophy wife is called Bunny Lebowski Gunnison. And then in Fargo, the most pristine of all of the three, Frances McDormand plays Marge Gunnison, the most famous Gunnison of them all. Frances McDormand, who was at the time lobbying for a more cynical role, like a villain or a prostitute, was quite reluctant of playing a pregnant woman, but ended up being convinced by Joel Cohen, who, is, who they've been married to since 1984, hence why she apparently appears in several Cohen Bro- uh, Brothers movies, including Burn After Reading and cameos in Miller's Crossing. She finally said in an interview in response to the question, how did you get the part in Fargo? And she jokingly said, well, maybe it's something to do with me sleeping with the director. She is one of six actresses to be nominated for an Oscar performed by their spouse. And she is one of the only to win for that role. Out of the six, she is the only one to win the award. The film was nominated for seven Oscars, winning two of them, one for Best Actress for Frances McDormand and the other for Best Screenplay for the Coen Brothers. One of the snubs for me was William H. Macy, who, wasn't, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in this film, and I believe he should have won the Oscar. It's a fantastic performance from him, from everyone in this movie, but yeah, he is the one that really sells it. I really wanted him to win in this movie. I believe to date that it's William H. Macy's only Oscar nomination. He, however, was in a very tough category. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. won it that year for Jerry Maguire and also an unknown debut performance by Edward Norton for Primal Fear was also a nominee, which also starred uh, Francis McDormand. So it was a very tough category uh, to triumph over. The big winner of the 1997 Oscars was The English Patient. However, I believe Fargo was the better film. Robert Ebert, the world's most renowned film critic who sadly passed away about five, six years ago, the only critic to win a Pulitzer Prize, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, called Fargo the best film of 1996. The film is on the top 250 IMDb list, ranked 106, which is pretty impressive for a film that came out 27 years ago. Tom Hanks on a CNN interview called Fargo, the perfect movie on every level. His son, actually, Colin Hanks, is actually in a TV series based on the film, and he's fantastic in it. It's also in the top how uh, well top thousand comedy movies in the American Film Institution, and that means Frances McDormand is one of 27 actresses to win a Best Actress uh, Best Actress Oscar for starring in a comedy. Saying that, though, she doesn't actually appear in the movie until nearly 33 minutes into the movie. The I think the most recent uh, actress to win for a comedy role, I think, is Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings Playbook. So it's, happened. it's, it's not often it happens. It's also included in the 1001 Movies to See Before You Die and naturally included on Robert E. Bird's list of greatest films ever made, which is a list of lists to be on since he was the world's leading expert on film, in my opinion, and many others. 
The film, as I mentioned earlier, has now spawned into a TV series, which is still going and called by the same name. And the series does not disappoint. It's already rated in the top 50 of all TV series in the world. Uh, so they've done a really good job with that. And some standout performances with Martin Freeman, Billy Bob Thornton, Jesse Plemons, Ewan McGregor, uh, Kirsten Dunst, and like I said earlier, Colin Hanks. So the film claims it's based on a true story, much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Blair Witch Project. But like the Blair Witch uh, Project and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it was soon realised it was mainly used as a publicity stunt to attract more people and the story actually wasn't true. I think it was three weeks into filming that the Coen brothers revealed to the cast and crew that the film isn't based on a true story. And it worked too, because... One of the most unsolved issues in the film is the briefcase full of money that was never discovered in the movie. And people have apparently gone to Minnesota and searched for this briefcase, sometimes to unusual and unfortunate ends. Missing people have been frequent in Minnesota now since Fargo came up because of the publicity stunts that people have believed that there's this briefcase of suitcase hidden somewhere in the snow some people believe that they lied about lying about it being a true story because they don't want people to find the money that being said though the climatic and famous scene with the wood chipper scene was inspired by a true story there was actually a real incident in 1986 where a guy called richard Kraft murdered his wife and put her body in the wood chipper to get rid of the evidence however there is enough tissue to positively uh, identify the woman so he was sentenced to 50 years in prison but it's been shortened for good behavior and was released last year in June. Crazy America. So the Witch of Now is used in a muse- museum in Fargo, part of the booming economy of Fargo. So you can actually visit that exact wood chipper uh, used in a movie uh, at a museum in Fargo. So I've brushed past the plot of the movie a little bit, so I shall quickly recap just to remind those listening of what Fargo is about. So you have this guy called Lester Nygaard, who's played by William H. Macy. He's a car insurance salesman. He's your typical loser but nice guy. You know, Stanley Ipkiss kind of type, but he's not as good looking. He's married with two kids and they're getting on fine, but his wife's family is very rich. And he comes up with an idea that he goes over with his father-in-law, but he's not interested. something to do with parking. So he comes up with a scheme to get his wife kidnapped and held for ransom knowing her dad his father-in-law will pay and then he will split the money with the kidnappers however two things he doesn't take into consideration the unpredictability of the two thugs and the other the pregnant police officer who stumbles on this scheme the film unfolds in a classic coen brothers way dark hilarious and completely mesmerizing the bleak wintry backdrop of fargo or brainerd minnesota acts as the movie's main setting Often probably one of the most iconic settings in the movie, the Scandinavian part of America, as some call it, or as the Coen brothers call it, Siberia with family restaurants. William H. Macy's role as Lester Nygaard comes down as one of the most iconic performances of the 90s, a mixture of an explosion of fear and desperation that pushes the arc of his character. A man who takes a gamble with wanting his father-in-law to invest $750 million for his new business venture, and since he refuses, he takes matters into his own hand by plotting an evil scheme. But if you look at the guy, he is the last person you would suspect, which is what is part of the genius of it. 
His sheer desire outweighs his expertise in the matter he puts himself into, and it's incredibly funny and compelling to watch. Like I said, his only Oscar nomination to date. The real star of the movie is none other than Francis McDormand in the Oscar-winning role of Marge Gunnison. Oh, for Pete's sake, she's just too good in the role. She's considered the best Coen Brothers character on a poll that was just taken two years ago, beating out Jeff Bridges' The Dude in The Big Lebowski or Brad Pitt's Chad in Burn After Reading or Barton Fink's uh, character or Nicolas Cage's character in Race in Arizona. I don't think any person comes close to her character in Fargo. And I don't think it's that close of a competition because the pregnant cop who solves the murder and kidnapping in Fargo, Minnesota is by far the best character in the in the Coen Brothers um, creation. I would probably argue if I was going to pick a second, it would definitely comfortably be Javier Bardem's creepy um, man and killer in No Country for Old Men. But I still think Marge Gunnison is just a sweet character. It's the simplicity in her design, the small things she does with Marge, from the way she points to her badge, the way she lies in bed, the way she holds and drinks her coffee. It's clearly all done in a deliberate way, and the character of Marge, as vulnerable as she may seem because she's pregnant, allows Frances McDormand to shift comfortably and effortlessly uh, effortlessly between authority and vulnerability. She remains completely in check and composed throughout the whole movie. She's flawless in this movie. Her eyes when she's driving to the slow reveal when she realizes what's in the wood chipper. It's just a subtlety in the definition of her expressions in the, in the film. One thing the Coen brother likes to do is introduce these idiotic characters and have the entire movie follow them as the story unfolds in a very satire way. The action in most Coen brothers' movie are usually relatable messes between the idiotic main characters and the situations that they get themselves into. This is highly noticeable in Burn After Reading. I think every single character in that movie, including Francis McDormand's character, is just stupid and gets themselves in these stupid messes, which is why Burn After Reading is just vintage Coen brothers doesn't get the recognition it deserves because it gets overshadowed by films like Fargo, No Country for Old Man, Raised in Arizona, but Burn After Reading is very Coen Brothers if you're ever going to watch it. Um, you know, they can make George Clooney uh, this charming man to be this total snob in uh, in Burn After Reading or or this this stupid guy in Brother Where Out Thou or Oscar Isaac to be a complete dick in Inside Llewellyn Davis. It's, it's, it's how the Coen brothers operate. That's their genius in their craft. You know, you have Tarantino. He loves writing dialogue and we know he's good at dialogue. Well, the Coen brothers know how to make relatable, idiotic characters. Even Josh Brolin's character in No Country for Old Man, who at first seems smart enough to protect himself but ends up in a situation he, he himself puts himself into... But, you know, however, when we see Marge, she's not really an idiot. In fact, she's completely the opposite. She's sharp. She can pretty much sum up the complexity of the movie in a few sentences and catches on to what we, the audience, are begging someone to follow. The thing about Marge that makes her so lovable is that there isn't a bad thing about her. She's got a good heart, and this relatable, trivial aspect of her makes her more watchable. The simplicity in her everyday life mixed in with the entertainment of this crime really mixes well together. And with most Hollywood movies, you always have an over-the-top or somewhat unrealistic aspect about the character you follow. You know, whether they can run really fast without sweating or be dunked underwater and be man- Manage to you know manage to hold their breath for like two or three minutes just naturally, or seem to be really good at something. But with Marge, she doesn't really try to excel in anything. She's simply doing what she needs to do. She's simply getting out of bed like it's a chore, do her job, and go home to her husband, who are the perfect portrait of a happy couple. And this is and this blend is why Fargo 
it's probably one of the greatest cop movies ever done. It's because of the characters. Um, one of the things Fargo's does so well and what makes it a good movie is that it crushes the expectation of the audience. The movie, in fact, is actually considered a comedy and yet it's quite hard to imagine after reading the plot. However, you know, easier to imagine if you know something about the style of the Coen brothers, if you've seen past films like Raisin Arizona and uh, Miller's Crossing. Most of the main characters, you know, die in some grotesque manner and yet we are to accept that this movie is classed as a comedy simply because it's you know it's relatable and i think when it's relatable you just have to laugh at how similar these things are and how accurate the movie is getting these things at the movie is designed to crush expectations i mean the title of the movie is in a place that only serves as one location for one small scene in the movie and it's in a bar that could literally be anywhere in america it's like setting the colin farrell movie in bruges in brussels and having one hotel room shot in bruges and the rest of the film shot in brussels it's exactly the same thing i mean francis mcdormand's character is glowing and refreshing as it is to see a pregnant woman as the main protagonist actually serves no purpose to the plot of the movie it has no impact to the development of the story whatsoever that she's pregnant she could easily be not pregnant and the movie would be exactly the same more perhaps for a symbolic aspect to her or a simple message to suggest pregnant women are not vulnerable but in fact completely the opposite not only does it break expectations but assumptions as well for me, Fargo is a stroke of genius, and what the Coen brothers does so well in all of their movies, especially Fargo, um, and I would also put Burn After Reading in this category, is play on the comedy aspect with the use of symbol-minded characters, tackling the film's issues or problems, these issues that sometimes happen in everyday life. We also have that scene in the movie that is considered one of the most irrelevant scenes in cinema history, and that is the Mike Yanagati scene, which is an old colleague friend who just wants to meet up with Marge in the midst of this crime movie, just out of nowhere. The scene seems out of place at first, completely irrelevant and simply put unknown to the development of the plot. Not only is this scene random to first-timers or even critics, but it also acts as part of the Coen brothers' charm to actually maybe bring audiences down to their level. That just because it's a movie that it should flow perfectly for our benefit doesn't mean something random and irrelevant can't happen. There are others that argue that that scene is actually very crucial to the film's development and, may, and many actually have studied that scene and its connotations and symbolism. So it's actually quite an interesting movie to dissect. But I will leave it there with Fargo. I think it is one of the best films ever made. And I just love Marge Gunnison. I love Francis McDormand. I love William H. Mayfield. It just everything fits. Exactly what Tom Hanks said. Every part of this film is perfect. The aspect of the, the tone of the movie, the the violence in the movie, the, the lines, uh, where the camera is, the let, the setting, cinematography, the delivery of the characters and, you know, the, the chemistry between any two characters in this movie just works. And you've got to hand it to the Coen brothers and you've got to hand it to the actors as well. But look, anyways, I better leave it there. Um, hopefully I've inspired many to see this film for the first time or even revisit the movie for the X amount of time. But listen, please subscribe to me on Spotify, iTunes and Google. And please follow me on Instagram, film exploration, A-H or lowercase or one word. And once again, thank you for listening to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry.